What's up, everybody? This is Darren Youngstrom, and welcome to the new Vintage Church podcast. We're coming to you from the West Coast, Best Coast, and you're listening to a message from a Sunday at New Vintage. You can listen to a lot of content, so we are honored that you chose to spend some time with us today. And listen, whether you're all in on God or still trying to figure that all out, we hope you know that you are loved and you always have a place here on the corner of Yalupa and Sonoma Ave. And we are praying that this message is helpful for your life. Let's cut to the good stuff. Here we go. Yeah! Woo! I love it. I love it. I, I don't want to follow that, but I love it. Jeez. I mean, that's how you do it right there. Way to go, Aaron Derry Band. Way to great start this morning. Let's just pray and go home. Uh, that was so good. Uh, I'm so glad that you guys are here. You, you look good. You sound good. You smell good, I feel like. It's all good this morning. I'm glad that you're here on Easter 2023. There's always a lot of pressure for the pastor on Easter. You know, it's like, uh, Super Bowl, let's go. Preach, preacher. Give me something good today. Be back next year. So it's got to last all year long. I'm just being real. Uh, so let me start with something to lower your expectations, uh, say something that makes you think this is going to be terrible anyway. So start with this. Uh, I have had a lot of drunk people tell me they need Jesus. Some of you are like, don't know what to do with that. You guys are like, I don't know why you're saying that. I'm not trying to make light of alcohol or addiction. Alcohol is a scary thing to be addicted to. Some of you know that firsthand. But maybe you've heard the term in vino veritas. Uh, maybe not. I learned it in 10th grade English class. It was a vocab word from Mrs. King in 10th grade. She wanted us to be familiar with in vino veritas, which means in wine, truth. In other words, when you get some of the spirits up in you, you tend to let your walls down a little bit and you get quite honest with what you're thinking on the inside. And I've had a lot of drunk people tell me they need Jesus because they get real. And the fact that drunk people would tell me they need Jesus tells me there's something inside deep in all of us that would admit to the reality there's something we need beyond ourselves to satisfy us. We all know it, we all feel it, but oftentimes it's difficult to admit it. When our back is against the wall, when we're in the war, when things are hard, we'll cry out, help God! Like my grandfather in the war, when things are difficult, we'll do that. But when things are going smoothly, when everything is good, when I'm of sober mind, when I'm living in wine country, everything's cool in my life, it can be difficult to recognize and admit the need that we have for something beyond ourselves because we feel pretty good about it. And so today I brought a bunch of gummies if the ushers would just come down and share those so we can get to the heart of what's really going on inside. I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, uh, we picked a sacrilegious church for Easter this year. Others of you are like, we're coming back next week. If that's how they roll, I don't know. Now, we won't do that. But I think there's something in all of us that knows we need something more. My name is Darren. If I haven't met you, I moved here with my wife, Molly, and our kids about two and a half years ago in the middle of pandemic uh, to, uh, from Georgia. We moved here from Georgia because we didn't know everybody was moving to Georgia. No one told us. And so we were just like, where's everybody going? Uh, but we're here now. And now we came to take over leadership of this church that was meeting in the parking lot at, at the time. Uh, for me to see a full crowd like this is actually pretty amazing because two years ago when we came inside for the first time a year and a half ago, uh, there were like 13 people, you know. 
And it was like, I was like, you just come down to the front row, everybody. Let's all get closer so it feels like there's at least one full row. And so there weren't a lot of us back then, and I knew it was in a difficult spot, and it was during COVID, it was out in the parking lot. Uh, but I was told in the interview process, uh, I was told there's not a lot of people who go to church in Sonoma County. And then that 13 person, I was like, they were serious. Like, they were legit about that. But actually, it was that information. They said, hey, there's not a lot of people. In Sonoma County, there's way more people who don't go to church than do go to church. And th- it was that information that caused me to want to come to this county. And you go, well, wh- why is that? Well, why would you want to come to I thought you were a pastor. I thought you wanted to come to a place where everybody loved church. No, no, no. I, I wanted to come to a place where, where, where there were people who, who were uninterested. Well, why is that? Well, remember, a lot of drunk people have told me the truth. They've told me the truth that deep inside of each and every one of us, there's something that knows that we're longing for something more, that we're hungry for something else. And I believe that the church is God's vehicle to share that something else with the world. And so if there's a county somewhere, if there's a city somewhere on the planet that has been disconnected from the church for a while, that's where I want to go because I know that those people in that city, and maybe this is you, are spiritually hungry. Their spirit is hungry for something. They may not know it. They may not understand it. But I've noticed that in this county, in this city, as I've walked around and met people, met hundreds of people, it feels like there's a group of people, there's, there's, there's a, a whole lot of people who are hungry for something, hungry for hope, hungry for love, hungry for meaning, hungry for purpose, hungry to understand what life is really all about. And for me, that just means they're hungry to connect with the God who could answer that question for them. And so if there's a city like that, that's where I want to move. So Molly and I moved here to set the table, to set the table for people to come and eat, to set the table and to send out the invitations to say, hey, there's a place where you can fill your spirit, that you can fill your soul. Because I think people are as interested in filling their soul as they are in filling their bellies. Now, we know how to fill our bellies, right? For me, I just Google restaurants near me. And... I just go, what's around me? Especially if you're new, that's what you do. And you start picking and choosing, and you're like, you know, uh, yeah, I had Mexican for lunch, so I don't want Mexican for dinner, which I always think to myself, it's a good thing you didn't grow up in Mexico. You'd be disappointed. <laughs> but we have options. We know how to feed our bellies. You know, you can go anywhere, right? In fact, uh, my family, we, we kind of rotate five different meals sort of thing. I have a son who eats only peanut butter sandwiches and goldfish, and he's huge. And so I'm thinking about transitioning to peanut butter sandwiches only and goldfish. But we know how to like, you know, we, we rotate through a few. I actually get a lot of my inspiration from Instagram. Uh, they have a lot of hacks there. I mean, there's this little taco thing. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm gonna try this. Have you seen this before? You just cut around a bowl, you put this thing, you just drop it in there, a little meat, a little cheese, put that in the oven, little toppings on top. I mean, come on, it looks delicious, right? Some of y'all are hungry right now. You're like, don't, don't be doing this to me right now. I'm a slider fan too. I've seen this on sliders. You make a bunch of sliders at the same time. You just put the whole Hawaiian roll pack, the cheese, the burger, the cheese, the butter, the, you know, it's, I don't know if it's good for you. Then you can make this sauce. They say it's like in and out sauce, which I don't know about that. It's probably a lie, but you can try it. And then you just dip this, look at this burger. Look at this thing. You just put it in the oven. It's warm, tasty. Chop that thing up. Look at that. Ah, so good. Fill my belly. I know how to fill my belly. Uh, trust me, I know how to fill it. I know how to satisfy the, the hunger in my belly. But what do you do when your spirit's hungry? Where, where do you turn? What do you Google when your spirit 
and your soul is hungry. Like soul food in Petaluma, that's like as close as you can get. And I, I have to admit, some, some soul food, it does feel like it does reach sometimes to your soul. Like there's some times you're like, I think that hit my spirit. I really think it did, but it doesn't. It's just a physical thing. It only touches the physical. It doesn't actually touch the spiritual longing that we all have. So what do you do? See, if there's a city with people who are hungry, who are longing, who are wanting to be satisfied in their spirit, that's where I want to spend my time. Because I believe, and I hope you discover, that there's a God who wants to meet that need for you. Uh, There's a lot of cravings that we all have. We have physical cravings, we have rest cravings, we have all kinds of cravings, and they can be met with some, you know, some physical things on the planet. But there are other cravings we have that cannot be met with anything that's here right now with us. It was C.S. Lewis who said it like this. C.S. Lewis was a, a famous intellectual skeptic. He didn't believe in Jesus. Eventually, he turned his life to Jesus. He had admitted, I think this is, and this is how he kind of got there. He said this. He said, if we find ourselves with a desire or a hunger that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Or that thing inside of us that can't be satisfied must come from somewhere else. That's what he said. And I was thinking about that as I was preparing for Easter, and I was reading my Bible, and I was thinking through what to say. And I was, I was thinking about hunger. I was thinking about thirst. And there's so much in God's word about hunger and thirst. And, and God seems to be talking about this with the Israelites uh, when, when Moses goes to uh, let his people go, you guys know the story, Moses, uh, whether you've been to church a lot or not, you maybe have heard of Moses. Uh, God says, go free my people. They're in captivity in, in Egypt. So Moses goes to Pharaoh. He says, let my people go. And then they go through the desert, and they don't have any food. And so God gives them food for their, their, their bodies. But in giving them food for their bodies, he opens up their eyes to something else. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy. It says it like this. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, it was new to them, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone. I want to show you something, he says. I'm going to feed this to your bodies, but you're still going to have longings in your soul. This won't fully satisfy you. There's still going to be something in you that's like, it doesn't scratch the full itch. Like there's still something in me that isn't quite satisfied. And God goes on and he says, but man actually lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your real life, really truly living, comes from your Heavenly Father. Living physically, we all do for a while. But truly living, there's something else going on. God's trying to clue his people into this through the manna thing. And if you read through the Bible and all these different times, you see it all all over the place. In Isaiah 55, 1 and 2, it says it like this. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. God's giving away food for your soul is what he's saying. Uh, Just before this, there's the prophecy of Jesus dying on a cross. And now he says, once that's happened, I'm going to give you food for your soul. Why would you spend money on feed that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Why chase satisfaction for your spirit that's not satisfying your spirit? You and I both know that we have tried to, to satisfy the longings and the desires and the cravings of our spirit with physical things, and it does not work. We're still empty. We still want more. So God says this, listen to me and you will eat what is good. You'll enjoy the finest foods. And some people take this and think, well, he's talking about wealth and riches. He's not because just a little while longer, just a little while later in the same chapter, it says this, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. 
They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. So that's physical, but then he goes on. It is the same with my word. I'm talking about spiritual things. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. What's the fruit for? The fruit is the good things for your soul. It will accomplish, my word will accomplish all I want it to. Feed the hungry, feed the spirit, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. It's a promise that God's making that if you come to me, if you connect with me, if you allow my word to get into your spirit, it will fill you and feed you. Matthew says it like this, Matthew 5, 6, in the um, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. If you're a person who hungers for what's right, you want to know God, you want to figure this out, you want to connect with him, he says, you will be satisfied. I will feed that satisfaction. I'll hit that in your soul. Jesus goes on in, in John to be described as the bread of life. And John says it like this, John chapter 6, For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven. Jesus is talking, he's telling them, and, and, and he gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. These guys have watched, these people have watched Jesus do miracles, and they've seen him turn water into wine. And now he's saying there's this type of bread that if you eat this bread, you will never die. And they're so ridiculous that they really think there's a piece of bread. That if I eat it, fountain of life, I'll never die. That's what they think. I, I think that sometimes about certain particular foods. There's foods that I'm like, this is going to make me live forever. They really thought it would make them live forever. And Jesus goes, no, it's not, it's, I'm not talking about physical food. I'm not talking about physical life. I'm talking about your spirit. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. I'm not talking about the manna anymore that God sent from heaven. Now I'm the one he sent from heaven. I've come down from heaven, and I'm the bread that your spirit needs. I'm the bread of real life. And he who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. Jesus is pointing to a solution for our spiritual hunger by saying, I came to be the bread of life. When he's talking to the woman at the well, he says it like this. Jesus answered uh, and said to her, she was getting water from the well. Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. This will only satisfy a craving of your physical body for a short time, but it will make you thirsty again. And then Jesus goes on, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Read that again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become, in, will become in him or her a well of water springing up to eternal life. And there it is. That's what Easter's about. See, you can fix a lot of stuff in your life. You can fix your taxes. Some of you are trying to do that now. You can get a new job. You can cut your hair. You can get a new do, new you, boo. You get a new all that. You can change a lot. You can control a lot in life. The one thing you and I both know you cannot control is life and death. And some of you are worried about it. Some of you more than others. You're working out so you can control it a little bit. You know, you want to be healthy. But you all, we all know, listen, we get like 95 max. You get over 95, you don't even want to be here anymore. You know, there's a limit on our life. We haven't solved the death problem yet. We can try creams and whatever. You can get whatever treatment you want. You haven't solved, I haven't solved the death problem. And Jesus comes along at Easter to say, I am the answer to the death problem. I'm the bread of life. And when you come to me, I give you eternal life for your body? No, for your spirit. 
You have a spirit, and it gets hungry, and it needs to be satisfied. And Jesus says, I'm the bread of life that satisfies your spirit and gives you real life. See, at Easter time, most of us know the what of Easter. Most of us know that he died on a cross, he rose from the dead, and we celebrate that. He is risen. He is risen indeed. In my family, that's whoever wins the text battle on Easter, the first one to get it out, the rest of us have to say he is risen indeed, right? He is risen. He is risen indeed, right? We know the what of Easter, but many of us don't know the so what of Easter. So what? What difference does it make in my life? But Easter is the reminder that there is a way to keep death away. And the way is Jesus. He is the answer to the death problem. He solves your, oh no, I'm going to die. Yeah, your body might, but your spirit lives because of Jesus. And listen, here's another so what of Easter. Your soul gets hungry. Jesus is the bread of life. you got to feed your soul. You can't let your soul go hungry. I know some of you, some of you are like, well, G listen, it can't be Jesus that my soul's longing for. It can't be Jesus because Jesus lives in conservative white suburbs. His rap music sucks. He's apparently the only white Middle Easterner ever. And his people are judgmental and hypocritical. And some of you are thinking, I can't believe he said that about us. And some of you are like, I am so glad he said that about them. I get it. That sometimes there's this rebuttal. So it can't be Jesus. But I believe that Jesus truly was the bread of life. And just because his followers are no good at it, just because, you know, I don't want you to put your hope in me. I'd be the worst person to put your hope in. I desperately need Jesus. Don't put your hope in me. Don't put your hope in some other Jesus person. Put your hope in Jesus. He's the bread of life. He's what your soul is longing for. In preparation for this uh, message, I've been reading um, the story of Bren, Brennan Manning. I don't know if you heard that name before. He's a he's a, a priest. Uh, he was an alcoholic priest who didn't who left the priesthood because he wanted to get married. So he does, he's not a priest anymore, and he goes on to do ministry all over the country. And he's one of the best communicators of his time. So good at communicating, but he could never kick alcohol. He, he, was, he would go preach at big audiences, much bigger than this. And he'd go preach. He'd do this amazing message. People would be in awe and stirred. He'd go back to his hotel room. He'd go on a three or four-day bender. And he said there's one line from one friend in his life that kept him going through all of his failure, all of his struggle, all of his difficulties. He had a friend named Dominique that when he was serving with the poor, Dominique got cancer, had to move back to his house. When he went, moved back to his house, he had to work as a night security guard. And in the mornings, as he got off his security guard job, he'd walk up to the homeless people. He'd go buy some candy. He'd walk up to the homeless people. He'd go down on their level. He'd look at the homeless people, and he would say to the drunks and the winos, hey, I just want you to know. God loves you as you are, not as you should be. God loves you as you are today, not as you should be. I know you wish you were different. I know your soul is longing for more. But what it's longing for is to connect with a God who loves you as you are, not as you should be. Church, can I tell you this morning, if you're here today, the word for you today is this, that God loves you as you are, not as you should be. He loves you as you are. For those of you struggling with addiction, he loves you as you are. For those of you struggling with self-hatred, he loves you as you are. For those of you who are in a broken relationship place, he loves you as you are. For those of you who are impoverished and can't 
figure out a way to rub two nickels together and you feel so lost and not where you should be. He loves you as you are, not as you should be. For those of you that just can't seem to calm your anger, he loves you as you are, not as you should be. Can I tell you what your soul is longing for and hungry for? It's longing for a relationship with a God who made you and loves you as you are, not as you should be. I know you're not going to believe this and you're going to think it's a joke, but for the last three days I haven't eaten anything. And, um, and I did that on purpose, not to fast. I don't want any spiritual credit, okay? I'm bragging about it, okay? So that you, if you know fasting, you're not supposed to talk about it, okay? I'm talking about it. So it wasn't a fast. It was an experiment. <laughs> because for the last three days, I wanted to get in touch with hunger. I wanted to feel hunger. And I journaled about my hunger. And I wrote things down about my hunger. And you know what I discovered in the last three days? Hunger is just a warning sign. Every time I got hungry, my stomach would tell my brain, do something. <laughs> Fix this. You're hungry. What are you doing? There's a box of pizza right there. There's apples in the fridge. There's food. You're, you're making food for your kids. Just eat a little. Do something. Hunger is a warning sign to do something. I just want to tell you today, don't ignore your spiritual hunger. Don't ignore that thing inside you that says, we got to fix this. Do something. Do something about the spiritual hunger in your lives. I know oftentimes on Easter, there's a message about the gospel of Jesus, and you need to give your life to Jesus, and you need to begin a relationship with God, and you need to really dive in, and you need to, come on, you need to do this. Listen, I don't want to do that today. Maybe I'm wrong for it, but I'm not so interested in you praying a prayer as knowing a God who could fill your spirit. So I want you to know him. And so I invite you with the psalmist in Psalm 34. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. What joy awaits those who find their refuge in him? Taste and see. So I'm inviting you. Taste and see. Come and see. Come and eat. Here at New Vintage, I don't know what kind of church you've been to, what your experiences have been. I don't know all of you. But maybe you've been to places where they just wanted to shove it down your throat. I'm not going to shove anything down your throat. We don't shove nothing down your throat. But we put it on the table and we say, come and eat. All week, every week. This place, I told my team, I said, listen, don't do anything different for Easter. They couldn't help themselves. They got donuts. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> I was even thinking about wearing like a sport coat, and my wife was like, you said don't do anything different. I was like, okay, got me. <laughs> I said, don't do anything different because I want people who show up for the first time to know we do this every time. This is the same thing every week, every Sunday. Every Monday there's groups. Every Tuesday there's a place. Every Wednesday, this right here, this is the menu. You got one of these? This is our menu. You just click on this. It tells you all the places you can eat. We got friendship for you. We got hugs for you. We got education for you. We got love for you. We got kindness for you. We've got songs for you and worship for you. We've got connection with God for you. We have all kinds of things. This place, this church is a restaurant for your soul. And this is our current menu. It may change. This is what's currently on the menu. And we want you not to just show up on Sunday but to show up and eat all the time. Don't ignore your spirit. Don't ignore your soul. Come and eat. Next Sunday, 
We have something prepared for you, and I want you to see what it is. It's going to be amazing, and you'll want to be here. I invite you to it. Take a look. I'll never forget, there was a gang member in prison with me who wanted to get baptized. But there was nowhere in our pod to baptize someone. So that night, one of the guards snuck me out of my cell. I grabbed a trash can. I filled it up with water. I dragged it into his cell. And I poured it over his head. And he was baptized. telling you, I know the story, I know the speaker, he attends our church, next Sunday is going to be a meal, it's going to be, it's going to be a steak dinner, I mean for those of you that are vegetarians, it's going to be a veggie burrito, <laughs> but it's going to be good, and it'll be worth your time, when I was a kid, we had dinner together as a family a lot, and my mom would tell us if she made dessert, and she would say, you need to save room for dessert, you gotta save room for dessert. I'd want more meat, I'd want more potatoes, but I'd be like, I want that dessert more. So I'd save room for dessert so I could eat that too. We're gonna sing this song right now. It says, I will make room for you. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of options with your time. You got houses in Tahoe. I'd love to get to know you. We have, you have all kinds of stuff, right? You have all these options of what you can do with your life. But today I wonder if God isn't calling you to make room to fill and feed your spirit. Don't ignore it. The reason we moved to Sonoma County is because I wanted to say to the city, and I wanted you to join with me. Many of you already are. I wanted to collectively tell this city, we are coming to feed you. We know you're empty. We know you're hungry. We know you're looking for love. And we are coming to feed you, to set the table, to send the invitation, to love our city, to love our people. I love you. You love me. We love each other. And they come into a place like this, and they go, I had no idea that I could be loved like that. I, was, I didn't know I was that hungry. Would you join us? Come and eat. And if you're already spiritually full, help us set the table. Help us send the invitations and let's feed our city together. Let me pray. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For setting the table for us, God. I'm just a beggar who found bread, trying to tell other people where to find the bread. God, as we sing this song, would you help us all to make room in our lives to feed our spirits? I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that is it. Thanks for listening today. We hope you're leaving encouraged and motivated to consider, begin, or grow your faith in Jesus. If you find yourself in Santa Rosa, we gather every Sunday, 9 at 11 a.m. You can always connect in a group at our website, newvintage.org groups. And the best way to follow our messages is to click messages on our website, which will take you directly to our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe. If this ministry has been a blessing to your life and you'd like to give a gift to help us be for the city of Santa Rosa, you can do that at newvintage.org give. And don't forget, you are loved. Peace out, homies.